0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: So what is up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting installment of the Kolasso podcast. This one is very special because it's a recap of the US beating El Salvador one 2 zero. I'm Jimmy Conrad, and I'm gonna be here alongside Heath Pierce. The Kolasso Podcast begins right. Now, oh, hey, buddy, everybody, 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 what is going on? Welcome back. Jimmy Conrad here with Heath Pierce. Big, big win for the US, 1 0. I know because we talked about it before that Heath isn't actually happy with this performance. I kind of got a little pep in my step for whatever reason. Not a Ricardo Pepe in my steppy because he didn't play tonight. Jesus Ferreira was a surprise starter, his FC Dallas teammate or his former FC Dallas teammate. Got to start in the number nine position. Heath, a lot of places to go here. And of course, before I throw it to you, just to get your overall thoughts, a healthy reminder to let everybody know to hit like and subscribe, turn on your notifications. So you do not miss a episode of this on the YouTubes. And of course, if you're listening to this on podcast, leave us a five-star review. Tell us how much you love the show, what we can do better. I don't think that's possible because I think we kill it, <laughs> but I'm a little biased. Heath. Great to see you as always. You look fantastic. For everybody that can't see him, he's got a suit on and a, and a bow tie. Looking awesome, my man.
2: It's a sport coat, Jimmy. It's a sport <laughs> coat uh, with a with a, with a bow tie. I'm doing well, though, man. Look, I'm happy. Just be, before you bury the lead, I am very happy <laughs> that the U.S. got three points <laughs> in this match and that we're a step closer to the World Cup that we 100% are going to qualify for. It was just, again, one of those things where if I put it into context, Jimmy, I, I think we got – what i expected we would get which is right ideas i think right, the, right i think we understood the game we understood the task we understood where the space was where the answers were but it lacked some sharpness right this team hadn't been together in a while a number of players at different phases of their season in terms of either playing or not out of season off season and training camps all these types of things rolled into one it makes it really hard to have a cohesive unit sure um with with the with the with the main goal being three points they achieved that for sure and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. But, again, I, I just go, I know that we got three games now at this window, and I know we're going to have a bunch of changes I'm expecting, or I'm, I'm expecting we're going to have a bunch of changes. And I go, man, it would have been nice to have a really good performance. And then Greg go, you know what, I'm going to go with the same team or at least eight guys in the next match. And then the last one, we're going to go with seven of those guys. You know, I think we'll see MMA and those types of things uh, happen consistently, but maybe even the back seven, and there could be just a few changes. But, yeah, overall, I'm, 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 I'm happy for the result. But I'm left wanting a little bit more just because you see these flashes, Jimmy, of the team at times. I get and you it. You go, oh, this isn't just about whether or not they could play better or a little bit better or incrementally better or more cohesive. It's about the fact that they could, they could dominate in some windows where you're like, wow, these guys are better than any national team we have ever seen. And you see it in glimpses and you just want more of that, man.
1: It's like a drug. Okay, okay. Now, before we take a step further, because I want to have a rebuttal to this, I want to make sure that everybody knows that we have a winner to announce on the U.S. Men's National Team Hour, a special show that we do every week on Mondays. We had a giveaway that was a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus, and that is awesome. And the lucky winner is – ready. you ready for this, Heath? I got my my drum ready. Yeah, please tell me. Zach – Seeger is the winner. Congratulations, nice. Zach, because hey. your already contacted you with details on how to redeem your prize. So enjoy all of that delicious free content, including World Cup qualifiers, the Champions League, Europa League, Serie A, NWSL. You got NFL movies series, it's all happening. Clifford the big red dog is on Paramount Plus. I mean, that alone is worth the subscription, but you get it for mm-hmm. free, my man. Also, to those of you that didn't win, don't don't despair. Because tonight we're going to give you another opportunity to have some of this great, great action, this Paramount Plus action. That's part of our boundless generosity, as it were. It's another $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. That's up for grabs. So make sure we get at least 700 likes on this video. Whoa. If we get 700 likes on this video, then you're going to be entered to win. Make sure, though, you also leave in the comments section, the chat section, your Twitter or Instagram handle so we know how to reach you. That's how you got to get in there, okay? Now, Heath, and I'm going to remind everybody about these rules, but I did want to mention to you that we had 62% possession. Mm-hmm. We had 17 shots. El Salvador had zero. Okay. Against El Salvador and, at home. Okay. Oh, got it. And our, our expected goals, our XG was 2.98, almost three. Mm-hmm. That's a, when you just look at that. So you don't watch the game. Okay. Sure. You go, oh, it's one zero. Okay. Okay. Great. But, the, but we dominated a lot of the important categories and, and, and I know that we can nitpick here and there were some performances, but. You and I both know that, as you just mentioned, coming out of a break for the MLS players, some of our European-based guys aren't starting regularly. Christian Pulisic, I think is in his own head, didn't play particularly well, and he basically mentioned as much prior to the game that he's having a tough time mentally and and emotionally and and to just be engaged and, and a little bit in a different spot, which is part of the evolution of a player who's playing at the highest levels, right? You have to figure out how to work through the downs as much as you figure out how to work through the highs. I didn't see it the same exact way. I actually maybe my expectations were a lot lower, because of all these other factors that came into play. I knew that it, whatever it looked like, El Salvador was going to be a scrap. There was a scrap when we went down there, and and even though it was zero zero in the away side of things, Heath, it it that one was more disappointing for me because we didn't create opportunities. I was frustrated because we didn't take what they were giving us, and I thought tonight we did a better better. uh we just made better decisions with that. We took more opportunities, took advantage of that. And and I guess that pleased me. I got these little things that I, some of my boxes that I look for in a game got ticked. And even yeah. though it didn't turn into this 3-0 thumping of El Salvador like it should have, we did enough to get the three points. And so that's yeah. where I wanted to go with that.
2: That's fair. Jimmy,
1: I'm not going to speak anymore until you put the drumstick down. Put the drumstick down. <laughs> you're, you're, get, you're, inti- you're intimidating me now.
2: You keep pointing at me with it. And I, it, is, it feels a little bit of an attack. <laughs> But what I will say is I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think, I think you put it into perspective. Well, of, 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 what we expected and what we got out of this game. There was an, emo, there was an intelligence and an IQ to this game that I think was well drawn out by Greg Berhalter. I think it was well executed by the players. Where I was left wanting more is that I just see these buildup moments, right. Or lack of where the ideas are right. One, two, three, four passes. And then we get in and around the box and the ideas aren't there. And, what I will say on the flip side of that... Wait, 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 important. wait, wait.
1: Do you think it's ideas or do you think it's just a lack of risk-taking? Like, like just having the confidence to run at somebody. And if you lose it, you lose it. But but, well, but that lack of conviction, I think, is maybe... Are you speaking to the lack of conviction? No, of I, of, I, of I bringing, a, bringing a play, to, bringing an attack to completion. That is my favorite Heath Pierce quote. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a lack of conviction on that because
2: we did see players try to run at guys, but it was more of like running without intent in those moments right running at guys because you wanted to run at guys not running at guys because of what that would do to change the angles or the balance or offset a team or create these numerical advantages and things like that that's what i felt was a little bit off uh mm-hmm. in terms of the pace like a step off of you know uh it, it just reminded me of preseason moments of mm-hmm, jimmy mm-hmm. you you remember preseason yeah, sure, where it's sure, like sure. the right passes there the entry ball okay great but from the very early onset, Musa was dropping really deep to find the ball. He was flat with with Tyler Adams a lot of the time. McKinney was higher. I like McKinney higher, but I actually like Musa in between those two or the highest, where McKinney can do the late run in the box. I don't mind that. I know that's a little counterintuitive uh, sure, intuitive. to say like you're mm-hmm. further back, but you're the guy in the box. But I like Musa in those tougher spots because he's comfortable with his back to the to the goal. He's comfortable at coming in and out of spaces, changing the point of attack. He was coming back further. Then Ferreira started coming back further. Then Pulisic started coming back further. And It was harder to connect the dots. And I thought that tactically was a little bit off. I think they figured that out in the second half. Uh, but overall, it just felt like, okay, here's the next pass. Or, you know, when you start to feel that buildup where you're like momentum, you know, when you're in training, Jimmy, and you have a good combination play, and it goes in, out, out the other side, you go, oh, wow, this is good. This, I like mm-hmm, this, this mm-hmm, is beautiful mm-hmm. football. We were so close to that a few times. And then it was just that last touch or that last ball, and I'm talking about Wea's first touch in the box on his chance, required him to take a second touch, was allowed the player to get back. I'm talking about these one-on-one dribbles where, instead of making decisions, they were sort of stuck between minds, and El Salvador was able to get numbers behind or deny those chances. Those types of things that usually I put our front line against anybody in terms of the attack, in terms of one-on-one dribbles, in terms of creating space, in terms of getting in behind teams, in terms of that sort of stuff. And I just mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm. see that as much as I wanted to. Having said that, clean sheet, Great. We were never really under threat. We did give up a huge chance, I thought, at one point uh, when we were a little bit exposed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with the XG, as you said, Ferreira had huge chances. Um, We should have been more comfortable in that win. I can't complain too much. But there was a little bit left for me to be desired considering it was a home game. And I have higher expectations from home than obviously playing away to uh, El Salvador.
1: Okay, so everybody, before I move forward, I want to talk to you about Jesus Ferrer and if you think he should have started and how well he did overall after you mm-hmm. saw his whole performance, despite missing those chances. I do want to remind everybody that it's 700 likes on this video for, that, for us to unlock a $100 Paramount Plus subscription. And you need that 700 likes by Sunday. So we have some time to make that happen. Does it all have no, to happen No, we don't right have now? time, Jimmy. There is no time. Today is all we got, dude. I mean, I, mean all I know, we no, I know by fair. rules they have till Sunday. But sure. let's go now.
2: But hit I just want like to say button. for everybody
1: listening on, on audio or on, your, you know, obviously we're your favorite podcast, come over to YouTube, hit the, su- the subscribe button, hit like, and, and then we'll be good to go. So you make sure that you're interested in as well. We want to make sure everybody feels included in this. We're an inclusive podcast, not an exclusive one, right? So we want to make sure we can give you all the good stuff all the time. And this is our token of appreciation for all the support that we've been getting from everybody. All right. Talk about Jesus Ferreira. We had a comment from Tanner who said that if Ricardo Pepe had been starting, then Ricardo Pepe would have finished one of those two chances. Nah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a good reaction. Did, were you, I, I, obviously, we were all pretty surprised that Jesus Ferreira got the start. I assume that he'd been playing pretty well in camp and looked pretty sharp. Otherwise, I don't think you roll him out there. What do you think about him starting? How do you think he did? I, he got the assist on Anthony Robinson's goal. I, I was surprised he actually played as long as he did. I thought that we'd see Pepe at some point, but it didn't look like that's going to happen. Maybe we're saving him for Canada and Honduras. I mean, Jimmy, I want to get your take. I mean, I know you're 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 sort of teeing me up as as uh, today's <laughs> host, but
2: but like I, but I I'm I, I we were just on on CBS Sports HQ, and you spoke highly of it. You 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 were impressed with his performance. And mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. I wasn't as perf- uh, impressed. But I want to you know for the people that weren't watching this and are listening now, or watching now, kind of what what was your overall take of him? And just like you asked our audience, do you think his performance warranted another start over a potential other option like a Zardes or a Ricardo Pepe?
1: Oh, I like Ferreira, and I like his game. I don't think he's a traditional number nine, so you're putting him in more of a. We maybe what are we, ask, Man City, Jimmy. What are we, Man City? I'm just saying, we're asking him to to. He can do it, but I think we're asking him to maybe do a little bit more than what he's used to. And I feel like he's better as a second striker, right off the shoulder of a proper number nine, underneath Ricardo Pepe, which is what he did for FC Dallas. To oh, you effect. mean coming off the bench because nobody plays like that anymore. Dude. <laughs> nobody
2: plays like that. That's okay, like, Well, okay. oh, if we played with two strikers, you'd be the perfect one for this job. Unfortunately, we play a 4-3-3. Well, so. I mean,
1: all right. Well, if he comes back in and drops in, yeah. So I get, I get your point. But I thought that he was busy. I thought that he created that first chance, right? Where he got okay. it out of his feet, good first touch. All he had to do was hit it on frame. And then the other one, he makes a good run to the back post and, and puts himself in a position to score. And as you as you and I know, and we we do a lot of coaching as well, the hardest thing to teach is that that awareness, uh, 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 that anticipation of where to be and where you think the ball is going to be, and putting yourself in a place to score. So when I see him creating those chances, that gives me a a, a great deal of satisfaction. Frankly, I worried that he wasn't going to get a sniff that they were. Gonna, I thought El Salvador was really going to be in a low block and those chances weren't going to be created. And I thought they did. A, we did a pretty good job of making that happen. We felt a little heavy right-sided. It felt very Weah-dest for a good portion of the game. And then, of course, Anthony Robinson's the one that ends up scoring. But I'd like to see a little bit more balance. And what does give me some concern, I'm kind of jumping ahead here to, to just a thought that I had. We, we are very aggressive with our outside backs in a back four to both get forward at the same time. And it almost cost us one time where Anthony Robinson was way out caught out of position when, when Des was actually going up higher up the field. And I feel like a team like Canada could expose us on that. And especially a Tejan Buchanan who can get inside of that and kill us. So, so, so I know I kind of pivoted from, from no, but on Jesus that note, Jimmy, I
2: fully, I fully agree. I think that's a huge weakness. I think that's a crutch to the team. When you see fullbacks, I was a fullback, man. I will. I love to be high and wide, but when you have both of them that high up, that is a crutch. That is a crutch to not wanting to defend, to do the, the core things. Right. And I think you get exposed very, very quickly. Now, if we had a back line, if we didn't have Walker Zimmerman, we had John Anthony Brooks on there, on the ball, you have a little more comfort in your ability to keep the ball, better at passing lines. Tim Ream's great at passing through the lines Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, keeping mm -hmm. possession. But with our current back line or two center backs, you can't have players like that because Walker Zimmerman is going to make a mistake from time to time when you force him to have to make the game as the first pass. And now you're exposed. And so I think... I don't like that, and that needs to be addressed. I'm not saying you have to have one back traditionally where it's like three flat and one high, but you have to have that reaction speed of saying, hey, you're both very pacey. So if we lose that ball, you better be on the same pace back as you are forward, and if you can fix that, I think it's
1: great. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I'm glad. I want to continue this and make it like a running conversation. So with regard to Jesus Ferreira, I thought that he got a task that was going to be difficult, right? You're coming into – For me, whatever to the weather, both teams are playing in it. So I think it kind of doesn't shouldn't make that big of a deal. Um, And then and then also, you know, you're going to know, you know, automatically that if you're starting as a nine and Pepe's the one that gets all the hype, you know, that there's going to be already be some criticism of how you're playing. So now you're thinking, oh, man, I really got to play well to make sure I don't uh, get any negativity my way. But I thought he did fine and he put himself in good spots. He did assist on the Anthony Robinson goal. He, he doesn't give up. He's, he's got a good nose for goal. And I appreciate what he brought to the table. And my expectations were firmly set for what I thought when I saw his name in the team sheet of what I was going to see. And I basically saw that the cherry on top would have been him scoring and, and hitting the back of the net. And obviously, he was very close to doing that. Now, I don't think he's going to start against Canada. I think we're going to go to Ricardo Pepe. I think that once they made the decision to go with Ferreira, I'm sure there was a conversation. It was always going to be hard to play any of these guys in three straight games. And then we're going to get into a lineup. We're going to have a special US versus Canada preview uh, coming over. I think it'll drop on Friday or Saturday. So uh, don't just, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit for, we just really want to focus on the recap as it were. So, so give me your player ratings and everybody else can join in as well. Let's do it out of 10. And if you're listening to us and listening to us a little bit later, hit us up at Kegolasso podcast. Who is your man of the match? Maybe you start there. If you're just hitting us up on Twitter at KGalasso pod, but, but, Let's go through your ratings, Heath Pierce. Let's start from back to front.
2: Yeah, uh, Matt Turner, hard to rate, made the saves that he needed to do. I mean um, – Like what, six and a half? I mean, yeah, he didn't have yeah, much to do. six and a half. I mean, I can't give him too much of a, of a high end. But, again, the statistics of, of Matt Turner are fantastic. So I'm going to give him an extra half point just on the fact that he continues to get clean sheets. Whether he's got to work hard or not, he's there to make those things. That's Arsenal legend, by the way. He's a new Arsenal, Arsenal Ars- legend. Yes, <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal legend. legend. Again, he's another guy that realized that, uh, you know, maybe my best chances aren't to be playing. Just go to a bigger club. You know, and that, <laughs> Now I'm going to be a starter. You know, Zach Steffen not getting the time, but performs well with the national team. Amazing. And is the starter on the team. So I, I, I'm going to give him a seven. Backline. So, Gino Desa, I actually really liked his performance today. Yes, there were, th- two, say, two to three moments where he wasn't great defensively that I think could cost us again. He needs to be a defender first and attacking second. We know that's probably not ever going to happen. So I'll no, take what he did offensively. Happen. And offensively, I thought that he was really good. He played some good balls in the box. Mm-hmm. He was the relief. He was the 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 answer to a lot of problems when the team when they were bunkered in or the spaces were tight. Uh, centrally, he was the answer out wide, like you mentioned before, uh, for a lot of the time. So I'm going to give him a seven and a half, maybe even an eight. Uh, two center backs, solid jobs. I'm going to give them seven and eights. I'm going to give them seven and a halfs. Anthony Robinson again. One that I, I worry about defensively still, uh, but scoring the goal, he gets he gets an 8 for me. I, I'd still actually go with Serginio Desk probably being a better performance than Anthony Robinson, even though he did score the goal. I'd, I'd take the goal away because I, I don't want to discredit that whatsoever. That's an isolation. Fantastic. Okay, got us okay. the win. But I liked Serginio Des today, and I haven't been saying that a lot lately. Musa McKinney-Adams, uh, first half very different than the second half. Adams was phenomenal, covering a ton of ground, doing all the dirty work that made it so when we were vulnerable.
1: Um, it, it, it wasn't too bad. I'll so jump think, in really quick yeah. and say that uh, Tyler Adams had 91 touches on the ball, most for any player on the U S men's national team. Yeah. And he had 10, 10 recoveries, right? So he was obviously the most active defensively as well. So yeah, my only issue with Tyler Adams, and maybe this was planned by El Salvador was that I felt like they dropped off and let him try to be the playmaker and gave him a little bit more space. And And I thought he, maybe because he saw that space, he didn't wasn't as clean with the ball that he's a little sloppy with the ball when he won it, which which uh, obviously he's going to have to clean up against a very good Canada team. But uh, yeah. sorry sorry to interrupt. No
2: no, no. he had it no I mean I don't want to go through all I, I mean do you want all my my numbers I think they're pretty arbitrary but but just no 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 I think a, yeah you know, yeah keep going keep going. You no know, Tyler Adams uh, you know again I thought was was solid especially defensively in transition he covers a ton of ground which I think is scary to think that that's the thing that we have to do if we have our, our fullbacks high and wide. Uh, like you mentioned, there was a few build-ups that he took some bad touches, had a few turnovers that, again, talk about Canada, one-two passes. They're in your box, you know. It's not like really, El Salvador, really. who lacked a little bit of that speed and pace and transition to really, really punish you. Um, so I give him I, – I, it's its almost sevens across the board for me, even, even okay, looking okay. at Ferreira, I could go up between sevens okay, and eight. Nobody but, had a bad performance no, except whoa, for Christian Pulisic. No, no, Christian let's,
1: Pulisic. Go, let's go hey. to Christian Pulisic because yeah. he – he Five. notably struggled. I mean, there was you could Five tell he struggled.
2: Five or four? You Woo, know? Four is low, he, but okay. The, but I, he I'm
1: struggled
2: here for it. for a few reasons. One, it was like 25 minutes into the game when I first realized that he was on the field. Do uh, you think was, he was trying too hard? At times, I think he gets desperate and starts looking for the ball, and I think that makes it really hard because the technical ability of our team right now, we have the ability to move the ball across the field, and it's not just one dimensional where. He can go and find it every time players will look past him or not look to him always. And I think that's a strength to us, but obviously for him, from a frustration standpoint, he's going looking for the ball. I think he did try hard at times, found himself in a mix where it reminded me of like bumblebee soccer of everybody just kicking their legs in a tight space of four or five players, just kicking the ball away from him, poking the ball away, uh, so to speak. And, and then didn't find, never really found a rhythm as to how, of course he had a few moments and bright things uh, on the field, but for the most part, he either turned the ball over, wasn't really involved in the attack, didn't seem to have ideas, looked a little bit off, like body language didn't look like the ballistic that we want, that even when he's trying hard, usually his body language is like, get me the ball, I'm going to carry the team on my back. And it just looked a little bit slow. Like I, like I said on HQ, he looked almost injured um, in the sense that like he looked stiff. His body didn't look loose. It didn't look relaxed. It didn't look, and I don't know if that's the cold or whatever, but he just looked different to me. And And from start to finish, and – Maybe I was overanalyzing how he was going to react knowing that he usually comes into the national team and, and picks up his game, right? Finds his rhythm mm-hmm, from a bad mm-hmm. place. And we all know that, right? You bring a player in and it's nice to be back with their family, uh, with the family again in the U.S. and, and part of the national team because you are sometimes very isolated in faraway places, especially during COVID. So uh, I, I would say four, think- max five in
1: his performance. Okay, okay. So let's just play devil's advocate here and give him the benefit of the doubt in some ways. Do you feel like teams are stacking him up in a way that they're not stacking up any other players like they're targeting him absolutely okay yeah. so so he's got to work through a couple other things that maybe some of the other players on our team don't that's one. Second, do you feel like if it wasn't working and there was a noticeable stack up by el salvador there should have been some communication with greg burhalter either from christian to him or to burhalter to the team like why don't team away and christian just just switch for 10 minutes yeah 15 minutes let's just just switch sides and see what happens. Maybe he could unlock some things on the right side. Maybe that combination with Dest on the right side could be something that gets him going in a little bit of a different way. I thought that would have been worth trying. Yeah, and that's something that's- I wanted to, to throw out there. But I do want to give a shout out to Berhalter because it wasn't working. And he took him off. He was the first sub. And, well, you got, and, you got three games, so i would use him more in
2: the, in the other games, knowing like, true, why am I going to take him 90? If, it, if it's not working, it's not working. And the fact that you've got Brendan Aronson on the bench, the fact that you've got uh, other players that you can go to on the bench that didn't even play in this one, I think it's a, a great shout. It takes a lot of uh, maturity for Greg to look at Christian Pulisic, who's in a bit of a down right now, and figure, figure it out and say, hey, right. it's not working today. We'll give him another run because he is Christian Pulisic. He is our best player when he's at his best. And But today's not his day, no
1: problem. We've got other players that can do the job. I wish that he wasn't our captain. I wish that Tyler Adams was just just the out-and-out out captain. Okay. Tyler Adams is in a, in a position in the field that is more captain-esque. I feel like mm-hmm. center backs, goalkeepers even, because you can see the whole field. You can kind of maintain the pace. You're a little bit more of the glue of the team. And when you give it to an attacking player, you just want them to focus on attacking, baby, not yeah. be a leader. And so, so I just feel like that adds a layer of responsibility to Christian that I don't think he needs. And I, would, I don't even know if he wants. I mean, I'm sure you're never going to turn down the captain's armband for your national team. But, but I just wish that Tyler just had it out and out and Christian could just worry about scoring goals and being awesome going forward. So I don't know. Uh, Dwayne, Dan, Daniel says Pulis, Pulisic should always start. He's one of our best players. He'll figure it out. Well, that's the question. I guess I'll lead into it. Do you think Pulisic should start the next game? Or do you feel like, as I mentioned on HQ, that he came on as a super sub against Mexico and obviously that worked to great effect and and he scored a vital goal for us to help us beat our biggest rivals. Maybe that's the best role for him right now until he can get that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think you, you, I think you start him. I think you start him. But yeah, if, if 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 right
2: now, I don't necessarily think you need to start him. I think Greg Berhalter has the relationship with Christian Pulisic to be like, hey, how can we get you back at your best, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think you play preferential treatment. He's still the top player. If the World Cup was today, you start him every single game for yeah, sure. Cause you're going to get that out of him. You're going to, you, that's different. But like when you, when you have these three games in, in a week, you have the excuse to say, where do I best use him? What's the best opponent? What's the best way to get him in his confidence back. So he can go back to his club team and thrive and perform. And obviously they have a little bit of a break now with, with, with Chelsea. But um, it, I look at that and I think like, there's some way to massage that. That's not just whether or not like he deserves to be the starter. or You get him another chance because I, he's going to continue to get better. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And these games are hard, man. Like you, at these types of temperatures, it's not a natural feeling. You, it's a mentality thing, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. saying he had it or didn't have it, um, but but it's 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 a uh, it's mind over over everything else in those games, right? Like a tackle hurts much more. Your body doesn't run naturally. Like your hands are cold, your feet are cold. You're not playing it out of your mind. You're in your mind a lot of the game. And you're having to sort of motivate yourself. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if those are the right places for him. Uh, to get these uh, to to get the starts over anybody else, but I think he'll get another start here. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be the starter, but I could see you saying, "Hey, we're going to get you that last 30 to open up against Canada for you to be the hero," versus forcing you to get kicked. Because if you looked against El Salvador, every time he got the ball and dribbled, they collapsed on him. Now, yeah, right. El Salvador won that battle. They they won the ball more often than not. They did their job. But when they collapsed on him, there's a lot of space opening up for other players around the field if we can be smart enough to work them out if he's getting double teamed or people are sort of targeting him and how they set up their their defensive lines it, it means that there's other space out there that we should execute and i want to i so when he's on the field we do have that advantage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know again it was an underwhelming performance for me uh, in terms of christian
1: 100 i'm gonna put a silver lining though on this christian pulisic talk because what i find incredibly encouraging is that about two years ago or there was a pocket of time heath where if he didn't play well for us we really struggled. And now we're at a point where if he doesn't play well for us, we have so many other options that can help us have success. And I think that is such a, a bonus. And we should be very excited. And we also know uh, quite intimately that there is a nice uh, bunch of younger players that are coming through that are going to be just as special, oh, yeah. uh, if if not more so, in, in our in our youth national team. So, yeah, exciting times all the way around. Uh, Christian Pulisic I think will find his form I think he's battling a couple different things right now and I think I think honestly the the best way to say it he just seems to lack a little bit of confidence because we've seen him when he's confident even when he's not playing well if he's still got that swagger and that attitude that he can do anything at any moment he still could pull off something special And I just feel like he's lacking that a little bit. Right now. And it got, like I said before, this is part of the evolution of a player. You're going to have those ups and downs. And I'm curious to see how he fights through this down. And obviously, he'll be around, uh, you know, some teammates. And I think he's in the right place to help fight that. Because I remember he went through it before with Chelsea, came into the national team, had some fun with the guys again, went back and started to play well. So hopefully, that's what happens as well. So who's your man of the match? Let's just get into that really quick before we take our first break and then uh, break down all the other games happening in this first match day of this window.
2: I want to give it to Serginho Dest. Um, because I hold him to an unrealistic standard in the way that I judge him. <laughs> Only because of the fact that he plays at Barcelona. We've seen when he, a few times at Barcelona when he's been world-class lights out. And we know the type of defender he is or fullback that he is or wingback that he is. And I want to see more from him. I want to see that commitment and evolution. I thought that his attitude was right. I thought he played simple when he needed to more often than not. There was an early a couple times when he dribbled into nothing and lost the ball, but... More often than not, he was looking to combine, do the simple things right, f- know when the space was, your, the timing of his runs to get forward, to be the relief for pressure, his quality of the service, I thought was really, really good. So I've got him targeted um, as well because it's easy for me to go with Adams. It's e- easy for me to go with uh, Robinson, uh, which I think is also a shout. Uh, Ferreira could have been a shout if he had finished those. I would have definitely, definitely given it to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, there wasn't anybody that really stood out to me. Of course, that means you could go with the back That's line that was it.
1: otherwise solid. Wesson McKinney, do you feel like there's any room to make him man of the match? Because I thought he was doing some things, that 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 uh, some of the thankless work, whether he's making a run to create space for other people or he gets on the end of a lot of stuff, and and I thought he was driving the game, and and you can tell his confidence is high. Yeah. I mean, that was clear when watching him play. Is he your you man think? of the match? Uh, I th- I think he was solid. I actually agree with Diego. I thought he's just really solid, and and something you've mentioned before. You know, we had a lot of sevens and eights out there today. Now, it didn't turn into goals per se, but we had a lot of good, solid performances. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we got a relatively professional win. We had to go out there and win. And I guess that's why I'm kind of buzzing a little bit, because this was going to be a tough game. El Salvador had been very good in the first game of all three of the previous windows. They got a 0-0 draw against us in window one. They had a 1-0 win against Panama in window two. And then they had a 1-1 draw with Jamaica. Mm-hmm. They're very good because they have time to prepare for those games. Uko Perez, the coach of El Salvador, knows how to get his guys ready. So I was nervous for this. He gets them in for like one month training camps, which is amazing. Which is, I know he gets them ready to go, and they and, and I thought that made me nervous. So for us yeah. to go out there and get a professional performance and scrape by and do what we had to do to get the three points, I guess that's what I'm happy about. That we showed some grit, and grit is really important to the success of any any team out there. So I, I just wanted to throw out there: uh, Adams had too many giveaways for man of the match. Says derp. We got Des McKinney A-rob better choices. Yeah, McKinney, I thought was quietly pretty solid. I thought Ferreira I was like solid. A Rob
2: as a name, by the way. A Rob solid. I'm gonna go with A-Rob now because instead of dude, Jedi, yeah. Well, I, I mean, Jedi's fine too, but but when we talk about uh yeah, a rob and, and, and A-Rob, Miles uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that's, that. Too. I, that's a solid one. I'm gonna i gonna try to get that one going a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so so who who would you have picked for you? I mean, on my McKinney front. I think it's fantastic that he's putting in the shift and his confidence is there right now. I have an expectation for him to do that every single time um, uh, as well. And Musa McKinney and Adams, the more they can play together, the better they. They I think they control midfields that we never really look exposed or vulnerable. Uh, if they rotate in in circles all the time, they have that work work workhorse mentality, which I think is really really good. But I'm still going with junior Desk, I don't know why, but like I I just something about well, his game today something. I really liked. Yeah. So
1: something about Tyler Adams that I really liked, and you brought it up earlier, where this is a proper CDM, by the way. When when our outside backs get get drawn up the field and he's covering, he's he's tracking a midfield runner that's trying to expose that space, and he got there. I saw him do it a few times, and I'm like, that's why I love the guy. He recognizes danger. He sees it, mm-hmm. he anticipates it, he's ready for it, and he makes a play. I have nothing but the utmost respect for players that see it and make plays because we have a lot of times where we have players, not necessarily on our national team, but when I see different clubs around the world or national teams around the world, there's there's people that are just passengers. They're just watching the game go by, and there's others that are actually going out there and doing something about it. And I thought Tyler Adams. Now, if his passing had been a little bit better, if he'd cleaned it up on that side and, and one or two times he got caught out and that they kind of exposed us and against Canada or any other teams that have uh, some some tremendous players, we could get punished for that. We didn't get punished for that tonight. What about Musa, Jimmy? What about Musa? I mean, there was was nothing. Quiet. Yeah, he was quiet. He was quiet, but like
2: he's still this guy that, like, when Tyler Adams is getting pressured, Musa's the one that shows up every time in a tough spot to solve the problem. He checks in. He's always Mm -hmm, on a diagonal mm -hmm. passing lane. He's Mm -hmm. always advancing the ball forward. He's always looking for the ball in tough spots. He always wants it, and he's got this explosive ability and this belief that I don't remember ever having outside of say. Benny Philhaber was mm, one that I thought mm-hmm, was comfortable mm-hmm. drawing players in taking one touch to break break past them and then and then distribute the ball to the other side like that comfort of like drawing a player in so tight to you they can poke it away just to drive past them. there's little things like that that I think are really really good about his game um, but I did think he was coming too deep earlier on but it was another one where I was like it's quiet but it wasn't bad sure he put in the shift he had a big chance on goal that he should have finished and and things like that but like you know, I don't think there was a poor performance in that. What's no, he, he put in a shift? I, I don't know. I feel
1: like I'm, I'm always on the fence, man. Cause I'm like, Oh no, I like this guy. And then like, Oh, well, I really like this. Per- I'm going to go with a Rob. I'm going to go with Anthony Robinson. Cause we needed somebody to step up and make a play on the, him, side of the ball. like, just say, I, I do. Love I do. I do love them. And also I just want to reward somebody that, that, that figured out a way to score. And that, that goal is going to act, I think to be very vital for us as we look to qualify here sooner rather than later. All right, everybody, we're going to take our first break, but don't go anywhere on the YouTubes. We'll be right back in like five seconds. And if you're listening to us on audio form, you got a little quick commercial and then we'll be right back. And we're going to get into all the games. It looks like Costa Rica is going to be Panama. Mexico comes back and does the the miraculous against Jamaica, Uh, Canada. Very professional performance down in Honduras. We're going to break all of it down and what it means moving forward. So don't go anywhere.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the K Golasa Podcast. Your two favorite former U.S. Men's National Team players are here with you, Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce. Now, before we get into the other action in Concacaf, for those of you or maybe you're just joining us, we've got a hundred dollar Paramount Plus subscription to give away. Okay, here are the details. The gift card is going nowhere though, unless we get seven hundred likes. We got to get seven hundred likes. That's that's step one, and you have until Sunday to get those seven hundred likes. So even if you're watching this after the fact, just hit the like button and make it happen. Also, I must mention, you got to leave your Instagram or your Twitter handle in the chat comment section so that we know if you win, where you can get it. Zach Steger won our other one we had on Monday for the U.S. Men's National Team Hour. We are just going to be handed. We're like Santa Claus, me and Heath and producer Dez. We just want to give you the goods. We want to reward you for rewarding us. We appreciate your support and the community we're building. We love what we got going on. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys know what's what. All right. Now, before we get into the other games happening in CONCACAF, there's a little bit of transfer news. And our very own Greg Burhalter decided to act like Fabrizio Romano and break it. As he talked about this with Matt Turner, he says, at a post-game press conference, he says, well, well, first of all, I think it's just a great story about Matt Turner. And I hope the public's aware of these sense of Matt Turner because it's an incredible story. He went to Fairfield College. He was undrafted out of college. And now he's playing with the national team and he's headed to Arsenal. It's just an amazing story. And it's all down to him, his work ethic, his belief in himself and his never-give-up attitude. Thoughts on Matt Turner getting confirmed by Arsenal Heath-Pierce by our very own U.S. Men's National Team coach, Greg Berhalter.
2: I I, I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's also a great thing to just shift the focus of, like, how did the team perform into, like, a really rosy, happy story uh, and be like, hey, guys, look look, look over there uh, and distract (laughs) everyone from having to critique and review uh, performances. But I think this is a... uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a great move timing wise for the national team because I think Matt Turner is good because he's sharp. He's sharp because he plays. I think that's the type of guy that he is because of the mentality that he's had. I think he'll stay sharp, but he is going in as coverage, at least for the time being. For oh, I guess it's not till summer that he's going, right? Um, and, and so I guess he'll have some games going into summer, but then that's when I worry of like summer into winter. We could be going into a World Cup without a goalkeeper that's a starter on their club team. Other than Gabriel Slanina, who's also being uh, linked with with a move uh, abroad for for you know a a decent amount of money at seventeen. I know.
1: Are we back into a golden generation of goalkeepers in the U.S.? I mean, back back for the
2: thing where they used to say, yeah, America can't play football, but those goalkeepers are good. I think it's because they have all the American sports. You know, they do a lot of hand-eye coordination. (laughs) That's why they're good. They're a step ahead there, but man, they suck at playing with their feet.
1: What's crazy about uh, Gabriel Slanina, even though he's only seventeen, a two-time World Cup. Uh, veteran for the U.S. men's national team, Tony Miola, came out and, and likened him to Gigi Buffon. Wow. I was like, God damn, that's that is a comparison. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk about putting pressure on a player. <laughs> do you remember, but do you remember ten Gigi years ago? Five, five years
2: ago, Jimmy. Do you remember five years ago? If you would have made a reference like that, you would have been ridiculed off the internet. Yeah, true. But true now true. it's true. not actually outside the realm of possibility that's that you can liken somebody to somebody else, and they go, "Well, all right, now you're just being like stupid." You know, um, you can't you can't connect it like. Now you're talking about like even Europe is buying into the hype that he could be or likened to a Gigi Buffon, one of the greatest goalkeepers to ever play the game. You're talking about a 17-year-old super prospect that's probably the top three 17-year-old goalkeepers in the world right now. And you're not having to go out on the limb and go like, oh, this is another one of these stories. Like the rest of the world is buying into
1: that hype right now too, which is incredible. I wish that they would also compare him to Iker Casillas. So, I mean, right. Emmanuel Neuer, just to put all, as much pressure on him as possible and see <laughs> if he can handle it. All right. Let's talk about our biggest rivals, Mexico. They were on the better end of a red card. I guess Andres Guardado's uh, angle, ankle, by the way, uh, Andres Guardado's ankle. I'm going to make sure I say that right. Mm-hmm. Probably feels otherwise, but they get a red card right before halftime and they give up the first goal on a set piece. They go down 1-0. I thought at this point, Heath, I'll be honest. Sixtieth minute, seventieth minute. 70th, I'm like, Tata Martino is going to get out. He's going to be fired. And I'm already thinking, man, who are they going to bring in? And I was, I was hoping, please be Frank DeBoer. Please be Frank DeBoer, because <laughs> I think that guy's an absolute <laughs> fraud. And 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 then of course they figure out a way to make it happen. Jamaica finally broke defensively. Henry Martín scores in the 81st minute. He was the one that scored in the 89th minute against mm-hmm. Jamaica at Estadio Azteca in the first qualifying game, and that helped them win 2-1 to survive that. He scores to make it 1-1 and two minutes later, and Tecatito came in. I actually thought he didn't start the game. They didn't have Tecatito, didn't start, but he came on as a sub. No Chucky Lozada was out, and and uh, Raul Jimenez start, was out. I think. Diego Linus was, uh, didn't start either. And and they both came on. Tecatito and Linus came on as subs, and I thought Tecatito was super bright, super positive, trying to take tired Jamaican players on. He ends up setting up the second one for Alexis Vega. They end up winning 2-1. Tata Martino just went from... Tata out to Tata in. Give this guy a new contract. I love the highs and lows of the Mexican fans. Tata they, Martin. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, great performance, though. Ultimately, they made the plays, and maybe I don't say great performance, but I would say they needed. They made the plays that they needed to make. I feel like that's been kind of their mo throughout qualifying. Very similar to the U.S. in some ways. Not always pretty, but getting the results and doing just enough to potentially qualify for a World Cup. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters anyway.
2: Oh, yeah, I fully agree. And again, the, the the experiment for me that's weird is, okay, you have no Raul Jimenez. You go with Funes Mori again, who continues to not score goals for the national team. And then Henry Martin, who scored against Jamaica, scores again uh, to, to open that up, which I think is a huge thing for him. He's obviously a different type of striker uh, than the other two. I, I mean, he's closer to Funes Mori, but I just wonder what the loyalty to Funes Mori is in terms of uh, his, his starts within the national team. But... Like you said, I mean, when I was looking at it, I was like down one nil, But I still had this idea of like, especially with the red card, if you if you put all things equal, I'd be like, okay. But it just felt like it had too much. The goal against meant that they were going to attack harder. Being up a player, they were going to wear them down and eventually expose them. And, you know, it just takes one moment, which I think uh, Jamaica is always capable of giving you one or two moments. And if you can c- capitalize on those yeah. and finish those, right. you're right back in the game again. And, j- and then at that point, Jamaica, who are chasing points, are, are going to open up. Right, they're going to have to take strategic yeah. risks, and we talked about that. Uh, them needing the points in in this game, and then it's just that you know you you get sent off, and it was a little bit of an unfortunate red card, by the way, where it's it, it you know he obviously makes contact pretty high on the ankle, but he's going <sighs> through it early on, makes good contact to, with the ball at least, and then it's not like he comes I, over the top, but no,
1: so so for everybody that doesn't know, it's a 50-50 ball. Guardado's coming in with with low the center back for for Jamaica, and. Lowe just swings through it, and when he swings through it, he just lets his leg stomp right on Guardado's ankle, and and he could have pulled out. I mean, that initial motion of trying to kick the ball, he could have, but he just let his leg. He just went for the stomp, and he didn't have to, and that's what got him. You know what's crazy about this red card, though? This is the first game that that VAR has been introduced into Concacaf World Cup qualifying, and Jamaica got punished for it. And I'm sure other players might have got punished for it earlier, but th- because they didn't have it. You know, a lot of stuff maybe got called that what that won't be called or will be called now. because That's a they have full
2: assistance. red card when you go to VAR.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. For sure. So Real it's just time, a little unfortunate. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I felt bad for Jamaica because it just couldn't hold on. And obviously for us, you know, I think we all would have, <laughs> if Mexico would have lost, mm-hmm. you know, being up a man uh, against a, a valiant effort from the Jamaicans. But it was a little yeah. bit too much. And as Dirk said, in the comments, once they went down one zero, but we're still up a man. They knew Mexico were going to come back, and I guess we could all see that was the possibility, but you just didn't know. And when it got to the 80th minute, I was like, ah, maybe this is the day. Maybe this is the miracle for Jamaica, and they could make it happen. And I think this really kills Jamaica. They're on seven points right now. If we looked at the table, Honduras lost, so they got three. El Salvador's on six. Jamaica's on seven, but because Costa Rica, Brian Ruiz, the ageless wonder, he's like the Zlatan of Costa Rica. He scores in the 65th-minute vital win for Costa Rica. That means they're on 12. Panama's on 14. Mexico's on 17. We're on 18. Canada is on 19. It is pretty close to the top here. We're going to take a look for everybody watching on YouTube. But that Costa Rica win really crushes Jamaica's hopes for even getting a sniff at the four. Panama apparently hit the crossbar in the 92nd minute. We were recording this while that game was finishing up. So that could have obviously changed if they got a draw there. But uh, what are your thoughts on Costa Rica's big win? The Tico's doing the business at home against the, in a game that they needed to win, Heath. Oh, I mean, the the concerning thing
2: for me is the fact that Costa Rica now, and I don't think they have the firepower to really go from here on out because they're going to have to win quite a few of their games to really be in contention. But if you look at them versus the fourth spot, they're two points off the fourth spot. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and. They're just very old, and I wrote them off very early on, uh, in terms just because of the the, the the lack of depth that they had, the lack of transition in their generations to go to the next that we're going to challenge. But mm-hmm. now, when you look at it, they're two points off that fourth place spot. Panama have to play against Mexico, uh, away from home. I think Mexico are at home in this next one against Panama.
1: Um, uh, that's Costa we, Rica, Mexico plays at home to Costa Rica. Oh, sorry, Mexico plays at home to Costa and Rica, and they have they have Jamaica away as well. So the, the Costa Rica have two tough games, but they finish with Canada at home, El Salvador away, and Costa Rica or uh, against the U.S. at home. That that's a tough that's a tough window, man. Both of those windows are tough. They needed to win this game. Sorry, keep going. Okay, so Panama played Jamaica at home. Okay, yeah, I had that backwards. Yeah, so uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, that's a
2: tough run for Costa Rica to to get through to get through that. Right, they they've got a tough go from here on out. I mean, everybody does, but I think the U.S is in a good spot. Let me ask you this, Jimmy, actually. Looking at this, uh, at the at the way the table lies right now, who's the best team in CONCACAF for you?
1: I think it's Canada. I thought they were tremendous today against Honduras. They they did what they needed to do. I thought that... Uh, a 2-0 shutout away from home in Honduras is very... I mean, it's it's Honduras it's on impre- three points and whatever, it, but like... I get it. I get it. Professional performance. Very professional. And also, we have to remind everybody that back in 2012, when they were trying to qualify just to get into the HEX... To get into the last phase of qualifying, they didn't need a draw. They needed a draw in the same exact stadium they played tonight in San Pedro Sula, and they lost eight to one. It's one of the most embarrassing performances, and I think the second worst loss in Canadian men's national team history. And that that is hardcore. And they needed to exercise some demons, and they did. They did it without Alfonso Davies, which is even more impressive. But they had Junior Hoylet. they had Kyle Laren, Jonathan David scored a very good goal. Uh, Tejan Buchanan was excellent. And I was really impressed with the Canadian performance, a very professional performance, but also showed those glimpses that we were talking about with the U.S. And I actually think that Canada's doing that a little bit more consistently. And, and in some ways, I think their manager, John Herdman, has their identity a little bit more stamped in stone than maybe the U.S. do with ours. I think at times we're finding we're starting to find our, our best 11. But I think Canada knows who they are, what they're about. They don't try to be anything that they're not. And I think that really speaks to why they're having success. And I just want to throw it out there. I don't think Canada's just trying to qualify for the World Cup. I think they've now gotten to a point where we're going to prove that we're the best team in CONCACAF. And I want to give a shout-out to them with that mentality because it's definitely showing through. And I'm very curious to see how they play against us in a couple days. Well, honestly, Jimmy, I'm not even thinking about the best team in CONCACAF. When I look at them, I go, you have Kyle
2: learn." Playing in Turkey, one of the biggest clubs in in Turkey. You have Jonathan David, top scorer in in Liga. You have Alphonso Davies, by far best player in Concacaf, playing for a team that wins everything. He's won everything at his age; is by far their best player. You've got Atiba Hutchinson, who's up there in age, but also playing one of the best teams in Turkey. You've got Eustekio, who's been a wonder for them so just far. And with then you've Porto. got this. You've, you've got, just
1: signed with Porto too.
2: Did he? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. And yeah. you know, you 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 just. You have all these players. And then you've got uh, Lorea, who's at Nottingham Forest now. You have Tejan Buchanan, who's just gone to Belgium. You've got this, I don't even want to call it a golden generation, but they're going through this, this mm-hmm. building of of a number so, of players that can contribute so that, to the team. Ike Ugbo doesn't even play. And he's a Chelsea youth player that's now um, at, at Genk and, and a very good are, are you, uh, goal.
1: Scorer. So do you agree with me then that Canada's the best team in CONCACAF right now?
2: Yeah, but I guess the point that I was trying to make is I don't even think they're trying to be the best team in CONCACAF. If they go to a World Cup and you have uh, Kyle Laren. Uh, Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies as your front three attackers, that is very dangerous. And that Mm -hmm. is a very good team uh, on that front. And then you add a few other pieces into your midfield and whatever. We'll see how the next months play out. But then with Buchanan, with Larea, I mean, you have players challenging for starting spots that are legitimate ballers Mm -hmm. in almost every single position. And then you go to their back line and you're like, okay, they're not as well-known. Alistair Johnson, you've got... uh, Vittoria. You've got Donnell Henry who didn't start in this one. You've got a number of players that can challenge for for starting spots um and and it's a it's a good team and then you have what's his name the goalkeeper at at red star belgrade and so uh, Borjan, and and so it's it's a it's a good team that i don't even think they're thinking about qualifying for a world cup now i mean of course they are because it's a huge huge accomplishment but they're a team that could do well
1: if they were put into the right group in the world cup that's a team that i think could get results well yes i agree with you i, I think when i look at CONCACAF in general I wouldn't, if I was a European team, let me let me just see it from this perspective. And you're like, oh God, Canada. I know they got good players. don't know much about them. And those are the teams that can sting you. If you, The ones that you think you should beat, but you don't know much about them. Those are the ones that always catch you. And you're like, oh man, we should have done our homework on these guys. These guys are really good. And you come back with a, like a newfound respect for Canada or whoever you play. I think the U.S. falls into that camp a little a little bit, but I think our players are starting to become more well-known as they're doing. Uh, a little bit better in Europe and being and playing more consistently. Mexico's a team you never want to face even though let's just say it, they've won, they've lost in the round of 16 in five consecutive World Cups, so we kind of know where their ceiling is. Mm-hmm. And then whoever comes through, I mean I'm, I don't think uh, Panama did very well the last, you know, when they got into the World Cup and all that, yeah. but but the top 3 teams are teams that I don't think you want in your group. And anytime that that we happen to be in a group like that, we we are sometimes part of the group of death because of our quality. We were in the group of death in 2014. We are in the group of death in 2006 when I played in it. That's my flex of the day. It only took me 46 Whoa, minutes. And, 46, and, yeah. and, uh, and and that's because of what we're developing here. So I think Canada will fall into that camp as well as a team that has some danger guys, will have nothing to lose. And yeah. uh, when you give us that type of mentality where we can, we can be the underdog, and I'm speaking for Canada as well, I think that's a really good chance for us to shine. So yeah, yeah. really. it's it's and, and to what somebody said, one of the comments was, CONCACAF is more fun when Canada is better. And I, yeah. and I like it. I I, it is enjoyable to see them. And you know what? I also want to add one more thing. I'm glad that Canada is qualifying for this world cup without being the host of the tournament, because in mm-hmm. 2026, they're going to get an automatic birth and everybody's like, Oh, this Canada team, they didn't even have to earn their birth. I'm glad they're doing it this time around to yeah. showcase just how talented they really are.
2: Yeah, there's going to be more teams anyway uh, in the next World Cup, which will be interesting the way. Jimmy, can I say something? I haven't seen a lot of comments on the screen in the last couple of minutes. Maybe Des is just isn't checking, checking them out there. Just a reminder to everybody. No, today you're hosting, but I just want to say something to do the it, people. Do it. Do it. The good people at home or wherever they are right now. We are doing a giveaway. We need 700 likes. We need 700 likes before Sunday. we got a lot of you guys watching right now. And if you're listening, to us go over to YouTube like, and, like, like, like. and like this thing. By the way, in order to win, you got to leave your handle from Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Leave it in the chat so our producer dads can pull those and put them into the raffle so you can get this $100 gift card to Paramount+. Paramount
1: Plus, Plus where gift all these games card, are, dude.
2: Where all these games are. And by the way, the coverage is fantastic. And you don't it just is. get CONCACAF because CONCACAF is is, 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 is you know, a little bit of a start-stop. You Tell get everything me. else. Tell you me. get Champions League. You get Europa League. Tell you get the Conference League where Jimmy's favorite mm-hmm. team, Newcastle, are hopefully going to qualify for in the next <laughs> oh, couple of come years. On, that hurts you also soul. get Serie A, which is one of the most exciting leagues going on right now. And so you have all kinds of leagues all over the world, including South America. So, uh,
1: it's You're a real we should we should switch. Sure. You're a really good host, Heath. You should right, try to I'll, host sometime. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll try hosting the next one, but I just wanted <laughs> to do let the next good one. people at know because I, I know that you've you've hit them a couple times and I wanted them to know that we're all united in this. We want yes, them all to wear. We are. But we're trying to
1: re- reward the good people that are rewarding us with their with their attention and their adoration and their yeah. great comments. We're building a great community here. And I dressed and up, Jimmy. You. When you, you, did. Dress up, you gotta you gotta you gotta
2: you gotta use you know you know when you go out, you get dressed up. And then you you end up not doing the things you were going to do and you've wasted the outfit. People saw you, but you didn't get the full excitement out of it. That's why I needed to take over for a
1: second there and just let people know. I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds – You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: So let's just play a hypothetical game for everybody listening. Make sure you hit us up on Pod with your answer once I ask the question. And everybody watching now, let us know with your comments. But, Heath, I'm coming to you first. Okay. Right now, we are nine games in to this qualifying phase. We've got five games left for every country. Who is your top four by the end of this, and where? What order do they finish in? I'm going U.S. Wow, Mexico,
2: Canada. What? Oh,
1: Canada. Wait, wait, wait. U.S. first. You're going Canada all the way to th- why? 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 Explain. You just you just can't. Listen, everybody, come on. Can we rewind the tape yeah. here? You, you, you just put said me on the spot, man. let me look I at, did. Let, let me look at everybody's
2: games first before I say something <laughs> really stupid okay, okay. okay. I know the US, the U.S. has a really difficult run towards the end hopefully Costa Rica is well, we out by have our, we have our, our two,
1: we have our three hardest games away from home away to Mexico or away to Canada first uh, uh then away to what? away to Mexico and then away to Costa Rica so so we have some very difficult games why it's very important for us to win all of our home games and then try to take to get a draw away from home uh Canada no we have we have U.S. Panama. Yes, we Costa play Rica. Canada.
2: We have Panama. No, we have Canada. Mexico. No, no.
1: We,
2: no, no <laughs> listen, we've got, we've got. Uh, who
1: Who's perspective are you yeah, talking about? Yeah. U.S.
2: Uh, U.S. Yeah. So U.S. Okay. We have Canada. And then we have Honduras. And then we have. Uh, then we have Mexico. Uh, uh, away. Away. And then we Panama have Panama at home. Panama at home. And then we have Costa Rica away. Yeah. Costa Rica, by that point, I expect to be down and out. Um, maybe. I'm hoping. That's that's my uh, assumption. That's hope. Panama at home. I think there's six points in there that, that put us at the top. And then when I think about uh, the other qualifying campaigns and how they wrap up, uh, Canada have to play uh, Panama away, which there could be some implications there. You have uh, Canada have to play Jamaica at home. Uh, they've got uh, Costa Rica away. They've got El Salvador away they i mean all all of some t- some tough games after this and not to say that anybody be, have them tough but i just think that there could be some points that they give up along the way cuz they have a strong foundation but somebody's going to figure them out right somebody's eventually going to figure a little bit out on canada and at least take some points away from them so i i think the us finishes on top they've got they've got a lot of momentum they got a lot of belief and we haven't really seen a top performance yet we're going to get that i'm hoping eventually
1: Mexico fall right into the second one. I don't
2: know, Jimmy. I'm an idiot. So I don't know. What no, do you no. think? No, what i What's your i mean, top I'm,
1: I'm looking at it too. I, I actually didn't want you to throw me the question. I just wanted to be the host. <laughs> I, I, I think Canada, they're going to be up for our game. So that one, I think I, I'm hoping for a draw. And obviously, yeah. we'll get we'll get into the preview. We're going to have a special preview that'll be wow, dropping. Preston on, said on Mexico,
2: Canada, U.S. Jimmy, not a lot of faith in the U.S.A. right now, Preston even though we got all caps. Mexico, at least. Canada,
1: U.S. Yeah, wow, Preston. Preston, come on buddy, let's get it. I I kind of I'm kind of leaning towards Canada to get first. I think that Alfonso Davies will be back for the next window. Mm-hmm. So you have him for Costa Rica uh, away, Jamaica at home and Panama away. Those will be tough games, but I think he helps out a lot. I think away to El, El Salvador just got their heart broken. I mean that pretty much sealed their deal. They're not going to qualify for the World Cup, right? So I just don't think they're going to have the same vigor that they would have had had they still had a chance. So that helps Canada a little bit. Mexico. Hold on. Let me look at Mexico really quick. I want to see what their Mexico has Costa Rica at home. Not easy. Now, Mexico did go to Costa Rica and get a result. It was a Mm -hmm. one zero result. That was a big win away from home. Mexico has actually been pretty good away from home. This this uh, whole qualifying, they're home to Panama. Mm -hmm. And then for the next window, it'd be home to us away to Honduras who suck right now. Honduras, they haven't won any games yet. Sorry, that felt pretty strong. Sorry, Honduran fans. And then and then Mexico hosts El Salvador. So they should get six points in the last two games. Against us, they could even get nine points in that last window if they play well against us at home. You know that because it's the first game, they're gonna have some time to prepare for it. And obviously yeah. that game's gonna have huge implications and they're gonna want to get back to us. They can't they can't lose to us again four straight times, can they? And then and then at home to Panama, they should get ah man, Mexico's in a good spot. Mexico's because their last two games are against El Salvador and Honduras. Who aren't going to put up a fight anymore? But maybe at that, I don't know. So then, yeah, that's always a hard one because it all bets can be guess, off type of thing. I, you know, you I, never know. You think Mexico's see, on top? I, I could see Mexico kind of they survive today, you know, and and then they go back home for the next two games. This window where they're going to be a little bit more settled in. Chucky Lozano comes back into the team. tecatito will probably start. You know, they need Mori to man. do something. I don't know. So, I, I God, it's so I just hard. Think, I want to U.S. beats Canada. I think, think I the, US beats, US. My, my, I think the U.S. beats Canada, and that, and and when they beat Canada.
2: Because I I still think on paper, if the U.S. turns up at their best performance versus Canada's best performance, the U.S. is better. I think Canada's been better in this qualifying campaign. But the U.S. are better at their best than I think Canada. U.S. wins that. I think U.S. goes top of the group. I don't know where it finishes after that. But I do think Canada might fall off a little bit and give up some points along the way. I don't know. I could be wrong.
1: Well, I don't know. Costa Rica now. That Mexico-Costa Rica game is really interesting because Costa Rica now feel like they have a chance. Yeah. But I could see a draw in Mexico, Costa Rica. I could see a draw in U.S. Canada. So everything kind of stays the same. Panama, sorry everybody, I just want to look really quick. Panama plays Jamaica at home and then away to Mexico, and then they have Honduras, and then us, and then Canada. There's yes. no easy routes. There's man. no easy like. games, man. But but Jamaica's out. I think Jamaica's out. And Panama has to know that if they they can really make Jamaica out if they get a result. So I think Panama wins. That puts them on seventeen. Everybody else draws. That's 20, 19, 18, 17, and Costa Rica would have thirteen. I don't so what know. What does the man. US need?
2: Seven points? Seven points? I don't to even qualify, know. Right? I don't seven even know. Out of last
1: five to qualify. I think. Se- what do we, we? What do you think total we need? We're on eighteen. I think, I think we, we got to get what more. twenty. Twenty-five points. You're saying? Yeah. I mean, it's twenty-five points. I think. I think maybe it gets numerically you in. gets you in. I guess uh, it depends on who you're getting those points against. To be honest. Um, yeah. Ooh, this is tricky, everybody. I'm going to say, I mean, obviously my heart goes USA all the way, but if I'm looking at this practically and with with no emotional bias, I just like the way Mexico's schedule is setting up. Now they haven't necessarily run away with it and we've seen them trip up, but I feel like maybe they already had their window with their two consecutive losses last time to us in Canada. That was their window where they're going to trip up. They almost had it today, but now they feel like they've got that they can breathe. They, they almost botched it against Jamaica, but they made it. Now they got two home games to close out the window. Yeah. I think Panama gets there Even though I'd be pulling for the Ticos just to see Kilo Navas get into, uh, into the world cup. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a homer. I'll say USA first. I like, Mexico's second, and I guess they, you said the same thing, U.S., Mexico, Canada? Yeah, dude. I'm telling you. It's not yeah, that easy, so when You start, no, when not, you start doing it, it's not no, that easy, well, is okay, it? Well, okay. No, let me rephrase. I think, I think I, just the schedule, I think Mexico's first. We're going to make it hard for ourselves. And I think we'll tie with Canada for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Oh and then Panama gosh, gets fourth. What an idiot. Uh, what an idiot. Yeah, we I, are don't, idiots. Know. I We're don't know. I would love anybody. It's if, really hard.
2: You know, that's, that's watching this. or You've listened to this on audio. Hit us up on social media. Because Five I would games know left. I and you... We still
1: can't really figure out who's going to finish where. Yeah, th- I mean, there's still
2: five teams potentially to get three spots and four, sp- oh, and and then the half spot for the intercontinental playoff. I mean, again, I still think the odds are really high that you can qualify. You're playing in. A one- oh, by the way, it's a one-off that intercontinental playoff for anybody. Which is wild. That's uh, it's, it's insane. Where,
1: where where's the game? Neutral I think site it's or neutral
2: where? site. Okay. Um, and and it's a one-off. Uh, so you'll likely be playing against um, uh, the 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 Kiwis, the um, yeah, New uh, Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I could not think of that. Uh, and so it's a, it's a tough matchup. New Zealand don't always have the strongest of teams, but, but over in a one-off, I don't I don't know. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, mean, I think over two legs, it used to be two legs. I, I would take our fourth place team all day, every day. But but New Zealand in a neutral spot, just in a one-off ninety minutes, mm-hmm. that's rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let me let me ask you let me ask you this then. Of of all the teams,
2: and maybe we don't know. Looking at 2026 and what we see from here, uh, who do you think has the furthest to go from this group? Because I, when I look at El Salvador, I looked at it and I was like, dude, they've given up so many goals. But when I think about the tight games, like you said, start of yeah, every round, yeah, yeah. first two games in every round, they've been very hard. They've been a very stingy defense. Yeah. They don't score a ton. But they felt going back again to the Gold Cup where they beat Qatar and they were a very exciting team to watch. That so I was like, man, they seem close to something. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, and if you look at it on paper, they seem super far, but you go to this result and you're like 1-0, that's a tight game uh, right, away from home right. for El Salvador. I mean, who, who do you think has the furthest to go or who do you think's got a chance well, of being the next emerging Canada? Uh, and, and, and not to disrespect anybody to be an emerging Canada, but like who's the
1: next emerging team, you
2: think, uh, in the next couple of years that we might see?
1: El Salvador seems like a romantic choice for the reasons that you mentioned. I think Panama, and I think they're going to qualify, have done a nice job of, kind of aid or easing out their old guys whereas Costa Rica still holding on to that Honduras going through a transition I mean Maynor Figueroa is still out there doing his thing I think he's older than us Heath and and I like Jamaica too I just think that Jamaica could be that team and and I wish they were actually competing for that fourth spot they're such a fun team to watch especially when they get going and and I I I I hope it's Jamaica let me just say it like that as much as I don't I just don't know if El Salvador has the we well, have also got
2: outside of that, Guatemala. You've got uh, Trinidad. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. There's, there's, there's other, other potential in there. And then, um, what were the two um, CONCACAF nations that that were were being sort of having some bolstering from? Uh, from dual nationals uh, that didn't quite make the last round. Mm. Uh, I can't remember who they were. But yeah, yeah. I think you're going to see more robust teams going that dual national route. For after sure, as well. for sure. Now this is a bit of a Well, Jamaica is Jamaica,
1: one that obviously would benefit from more time with those dual nationals, right? A lot mm-hmm. of them just showed up before qualifying. And I think if that became more of a pathway and, and the the guys that could be dual nationals respected that process a little bit more and showed up for more games, then, then I think you're going to see a much different version of Jamaica. Whereas I don't think let's say uh, El Salvador doesn't necessarily have all those like potential dual nationals floating around out there. So, so I think Jamaica would be the next one that could potentially emerge as, as a Canada that's really banging on the door and being a force to be reckoned with. Cause we see glimpses of it. So they're almost there. Just like we used to see with Canada, you saw glimpses. We could never really put it together. All right, everybody, we're going to call it a show. Heath Pierce. Heath Pierce, Pierce, I gave you like the Barcelona uh Heath Pierce <laughs> okay. my basket. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. That little Catalan lift, but, but uh Heath Pierce, always a pleasure to do this with you. And Producer Des. thank you guys so much. Everybody watching, as a reminder, make sure you hit that like button because we're giving a $100 gift card away to Paramount Plus. Yes, it's happening. If you're listening on audio, come over and find this YouTube video and hit that like button because we need to get to 700 likes for that to happen. Also, I have to mention Make sure you leave your Twitter or Instagram handle in the chat, in the comments section, so that our producer, Dez can pick a winner. Zach Seeger already won earlier today. We're going to have more of these coming, so don't you worry. We want to make sure we reward this community because we have a very special one that we're growing here. So that was it. Congratulations to all the teams that won today, especially the U.S. men's national team taking some pressure off. And make sure you join us tomorrow on YouTube for our big preview of the game against Canada, the U.S. versus Canada. They go up to Edmonton or Hamilton, excuse me, to make that happen. And then obviously we'll be previewing all the games that are going on on match day two of this qualifying window. And then make sure you listen to this on Saturday when it drops on podcast form. So on behalf of me and Heath Pierce and producer Dez and everybody that's been watching, you know what, we're done. We're done talking. We'll see you next time. Later, everybody.